0: Would you stand and join me in the prayer for illumination as printed in your bulletin? Then remain standing and listen for the word of the Lord. This morning we'll be reading from Joshua. Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit that as the scriptures are read and your word proclaimed, we may hear with joy what you say to us today. Amen. The Lord said to Joshua, This day I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all Israel, so that they may know that I will be with you as I was with Moses. You are the one who shall command the priest who bear the Ark of the Covenant. When you come to the edge of the waters of the Jordan, you shall stand still in the Jordan. Joshua then said to the Israelites, draw near and hear the words of the Lord your God. Joshua said, By this you shall know that among you is the living God, who without fail will drive out from before you the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Hezorites, the Girgashites, the Amorites, and the Jebusites. The Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of all the earth is going to pass before you into the Jordan. So now select twelve men from the tribes of Israel, one from each tribe. When the soles of the feet of the priest who bear the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, rest in the waters of the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan flowing from above shall be cut off. They shall stand in a single heap. When the people set out from their tents to cross over the Jordan, the priests bearing the ark of the covenant were in front of the people. Now the Jordan overflows all its banks throughout the time of harvest. So when those who bore the ark had come to the Jordan, and the feet of the priests bearing the ark were dipped in the edge of the water, the waters flowing from above stood still, rising up in a single heap far off at Adam, the city that is beside Zarathon, while those flowing toward the Sea of Arabah, the Dead Sea, were wholly cut off. Then the people crossed over, opposite jericho while all israel were crossing over on dry ground the priest who bore the ark of the covenant of the lord stood on dry ground in the middle of the jordan until the entire nation finished crossing over the jordan this is the word of god for the people of god The book of Joshua continues the story from Deuteronomy so in one sense you could say this is a historical account telling us about the important people and places that God is using to shape these people into a nation but it might be a little misleading to use historical account as we use it today They didn't see history just as we do. They give us more than just an objective historical account. They write with theology in mind. They write with God in mind, trying to reveal to us who this God is. They are as much or more theology as they are history They're writing theology, even though it's encapsulated in this miraculous story of the people crossing over the Jordan. One of the biblical commentators describes this. I want to read you a few sentences from that commentary. It says, biblical authors and editors, whose work in some cases was in process of formation over several centuries were less concerned with documentable, documentable fact than modern historians would require themselves to be. Often a writer developed high drama, including miracles and divine interventions. The narrator sometimes wove textures of metaphor and imaginative description, often adding aggrandizing elements that lent legendary and archetypal proportions to characters and themes. In other words, there's more going on here than a simple reporting of the facts these authors in scripture are teaching us theology they are writing about god whom they want us to know so this is a miraculous story that we have just read but it has a theological point this story is told of the people crossing the jordan but it's as much about God as it is the people it's a sacramental journey if you will revealing to us in this story the nature and character of God you could also say in other words it's formatted or framed as history but it's filled with theology or with faith so as they write they want us to come Not only to know the story, but to know the God behind the story. So the authors, the narrators, the editors, the compilers want us to know that the people experience that God is with them in this moment. They want us to understand that they believe that God was leading them in this time of crossing of the Jordan. You can hear it as you begin to read through the story from the day. In that very first verse, verse 7 that we read, the Lord said to Joshua, this day I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all Israel so that they may know that I will be with you as I was with Moses. So why is God speaking? So that the people will know that God is present. And God is leading Joshua just as they experienced God was leading Moses. Or you can hear it in verse 9 when Joshua says to the Israelites, Draw near and hear the words of the Lord your God. Or in verse 10, Joshua says, By this you shall know that among you is the living God. Or verse 11, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth is going to pass before you into the Jordan. We're being taught here about God, that God is present, that God is alive, that God is at work, that God is leading them, that God is in their midst in all of this journey. But there's another point we don't want to miss here. This is the same God as was with you through the times of Moses. We learned last week that Moses died, and they had been counting on him so heavily, it was a bit of a crisis or a turning point. But God has lifted up this other leader. Joshua has been appointed, has been called, has been commissioned. But Joshua is still leading, as was Moses, in a time where people are thinking about multiple gods and regional gods. And the authors begin to stress more and more, no, not lots of gods, not multiple gods, one God, Lord of the earth or creator of the heavens and the earth. This is the God who is sovereign, who's continued to be with us. You can see how they're painting this as you look at the story and think about the parallels this story has with Moses leading them out of Egypt. Did you notice that? This group of people, sort of on a precipice, standing at the edge of a foreboding body of water that they need to cross. No bridges available. How are we going to get across? And God calls the leader to step out in front of them. And when the leader responds and steps out as God commands, the waters part. And the people walk across on dry land. Doesn't it sound like the story of the exodus, of Moses leading the people out of Egypt? It's such a similar story. The dynamics of what are happening are so similar. They write these stories for us to understand what is going on here. New leader, same God. There's a continuity that the authors want us to grasp and to understand. They are saying even though moses has passed on we are still the people of god we're still a community being gathered by god this god who's been leading us still loves us still cares about us is still providing for us direction and sustenance on our journey we can still count on god there is strong theological teaching going on in the midst of the telling of this story you heard it in that very first verse we read today verse 7 it was a foreshadowing of this whole thing the lord is talking to joshua and says i'm speaking i'm doing this so that they may know that i will be with you I'm doing all this God says so that the people will know that I am with you and therefore can conclude that I am with them that I'm still taking care of all of them we hear this kind of theme over and over throughout Scripture Apparently, we need to hear these reminders over and over that the God who leads and guides people in the Bible is the same God that is with us now. There's a sense of continuity through the ages that adds a credibility and a trustworthiness, saying all these people before us have experienced this God as credible, as trustworthy, as caring, this same God, is with us now, and will be with us always. There's a folk tale, old story told about a boy whose birth name was Offerus. He was born and quickly began to grow, and before very long, he was growing so quickly it was almost as if he was a giant. I mean, he had unbelievable muscles and he was able to get around like no other child his age his father says in fact he was too strong for his own good that whatever toys they gave to him to play with they always end up breaking because he was so strong the father's trying to figure out what to do with this child He's barely more than a lad, and the father finally decides, I need to send him to the fields. We need to send him to a place to use this immense strength and energy and endurance that he has. So he sends him out to the field, teaches him how to plow, offers his plowing along behind the horses. Before very long, though, he decides the horses are too old and too slow. So he sets them free. He straps the plow on his back, and he begins to pull it himself. He has such strength and endurance that he's plowing the entire field. In fact, he's going so fast that the plow itself begins to break into pieces. His father sees what is happening and is worried, is beset with worry. He's not sure what to do with this man-child. He is growing into Such a strong person that the father's trying to figure out where can he ever fit? Where can he live? What can we give him to do? Finally, the father goes to him and says, I think you need to find a greater master to serve. I think you need to go find the greatest master in all the land that can harness your great strength and endurance for good. A place where you could serve that would be positive and would be productive. So, Offerus left home to search for the greatest master he could find. He begins to crisscross the land asking people where the greatest of all masters is nobody seems to know until finally he finds one young knight and says, I serve a great and mighty king. I can introduce you to him. Offerus said, That would be great, and so the young knight takes him to the king's court and introduces him to the king. The king is overjoyed. He says to him, Oh, just today. I have called all the men of the realm because a neighboring king has attacked us and pillaged one of our villages we're going to have to go to battle but you look like a mighty warrior if you wanted to serve us you could lead us into battle tomorrow offer oh, is glad to do so so the next morning he leads them into battle One day passes, two days, three days, no word. Finally, a breathless runner comes running back to the palace and says, we have gained the victory. Offer us as mighty in battle. We have won. Palace bells begin to ring. The king is elated. He calls for a grand celebration that night. They all gather around the court to welcome back the victorious Army and their new champion, Offerus, and they're having the banquet, and it's bountiful in terms of food and drink, and everything is wonderful. A harpist comes out to play and play such beautiful music. Finally, she sings one song, and as she's singing, she mentions the devil, and the king crosses himself. Offerus has never seen such a thing after the banquet was over he asked the king about what he was doing he said oh anytime i hear the mention of the devil i cross myself for protection and he says there's one that is greater than you that you're scared of and he says oh yes and he said well i need to go and search out this devil if he's the greatest master in the land And so the next morning, he bids the kingdom farewell and goes to search for the devil. Now he finds that every time he meets someone and says, Do you know the devil? they get a frightful look on their face and turn and run away. And yet he continues his search until finally he meets another traveler in a forest. And he says, Do you know the devil? And the traveler says, I am he. And he says, you have power over all the world and he says i do and offer says then i am here to serve you and the devil says oh this is wonderful and he sets him to use his strength and his endurance to destroy homes and villages and churches They are wreaking destruction all over the land until one day they're coming up toward a church that they have already destroyed and there's been erected a large cross in front of them. And the devil begins to tremble and offers notices that the devil is trembling. So he asks him why he's trembling. He says, oh, that's the cross of the Lord. And he says, I've not heard of this. What's the cross of the Lord? Does that have, is this, does this one have more power than you? And the devil leans in and whispers to him this one has power over earth and heaven. Earth and heaven. Oh, I need to serve that one. And so Offra sets out again seeking this greatest master of all. He looks and looks without success until finally one evening he gets to a stream. He sets up a little camp to sleep there for the night. A storm rolls in, and he thinks that he hears someone calling his name. He sits up and looks around, but there's nobody there. He goes back to sleep, but then a second time he thinks he hears someone calling his name. He gets up and looks around, but there's nobody there. He goes back to sleep then a third time he hears someone calling his name he gets up and he searches and searches until he finds a child calling out offer us offer us and the child asks if he can carry him across the stream and offer us is always ready to serve so he says of course and he picks up the child and Puts him on his shoulders and begins to walk across the stream. But with each step, the weight of the child gets heavier and heavier. Until finally, Offer says, I feel like I have the weight of the world on my shoulders. And the child says, you have the one who carries all the burdens of the world on your shoulders. I am the Christ child the king you have been seeking from henceforth you will not have to serve worldly kings nor the devil for now you can serve me and in fact i'm giving you a new name christophorus or christophorus which means christ bearer for you are the one that will bear My message to the world, you are the one who can use your great strength and endurance to witness to the world of my presence, of my power, of my unending love for all of the world. Or in the spirit of Joshua, you could say that the Lord is speaking so that we may know that God is with us always.